0: The part.
1: For me, it's difficult because if Chelsea aren't playing well or they need
0: something to get someone to get them out of it, I don't think they have it. So I think
2: they're in a difficult place.
0: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. You know that wasn't an all Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAS performance
2: rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. The performances have just lacked that intensity.
0: Right. It is 7:32. Uh, Kenny Cunningham is with us. We've um, we haven't. Gone with the lead here. Kenny, good morning to you.
1: Not bright-eyed and bushy tailed
0: no, yeah, I thought you were a morning person. I'm
1: here. Yeah. <laughs> the only part of that statement I agree was I'm here. Here and body. <laughs> yeah. Are you not a morning person? No, I'm all right, to be honest with you, yeah. No, I'm all right in the mornings. Yeah. It's as good as it gets, actually. Okay.
0: slagging yeah. off my yoghurt this morning as well. We'll be the judge of that, though. I <laughs> you are. Don't worry. And, and uh, the YouTube commenters will essentially uh, decide they're the ones who'll... Uh, before we get into the performance rankings, this is some fairly obvious stuff, um Not in the green this morning, apart from an Irish goodbye, the Irish Oscar hopefuls. You weren't that surprised, though.
1: Um, I'd hoped. uh, uh, Barry Keoghan, obviously, and um, uh, the uh, Irish actors, I thought they'd have a fighting chance. But I wasn't surprised, to be honest with you. No. Yeah, it would have been great, obviously, great recognition for them. But no, no, I wasn't wasn't hugely surprised.
0: Uh, You weren't a fan of? Banshees.
1: Yeah I wasn't a huge fan Of the uh, the film itself To be honest With the storyline Couldn't quite buy into The storyline we were Talking about there Previously weren't we I just couldn't Didn't quite get the The buy in That was interesting The relationship between The two kind of main characters All those kind of Similar intentions Around the film Was well shot And all all that type of stuff And yeah But no Didn't Couldn't quite Couldn't quite buy it You
2: haven't You've seen it haven't you Yeah I thought it was meh
0: It was like the film's meh
2: Really that yeah
0: did you but like Martin McDonagh's other works? Though? Barry Kogan, very good. Well, I loved Ian Brute. Uh I I, I thought Three Billboards was decent. I liked it a lot. Seven Psychopaths, have seen it. It's very good. It. Yeah, Went more. to see Hangman uh, in The Gaiety* on Saturday night. I, th- that was, I was like, this is much better. Brilliant. <laughs> this is much better. No Paddy Wackery in this. <laughs> now, maybe if you're from the north of England, you're like, oh my God, look at all the cliches. But I don't know. I don't know. So, Hangman worth going to see in The Gaiety*. I would say. Okay.
1: I haven't been into the theatre in a while I've got to be honest
2: with you yeah you might be right I'll keep an eye out right yeah it's a disgrace I think they've stung us the academy haven't they I mean we were all there going we're going to we're going to sweep up it's like who
1: it did sweep up do you mind me
2: asking you Is it was everything through? everywhere all at once has won best picture best director best actress best supporting actress yeah. I want to say um, so it swept up I think it was 8, eight awards in total um, 7 or eight. 8 8 awards I think So Brendan Fraser
0: won for the whale Mm. and i don 't know what else that was that was basically it yeah. but you said
1: we uh, sh- was a short film
0: short film uh, Irish and Irish goodbye was the uh, the winning short film, which is great because like you know that 's them all on the path now to massive careers, and I think the fact that on Colin Cune was there and they 've been there all week, like you know who knows where that 's going to take everybody involved in that, but they felt comfortable, they looked comfortable, they looked like they were supposed to be there, and they yeah. weren 't overawed by the occasion so Great for their careers as well. And I think, like, ultimately, you know, you're in, you're, like... The, every- you're
1: in the conversation, Jared, isn't it? As long as you're in the
0: conversation, people That's are all talking that matters, about Yeah, you, Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a win-win to some extent, isn't it? Uh, this is the performance rankings, though. So let's start with, um, I'm going to run through these. BBC and Liverpool in red, Man
2: United in amber, France and Ireland in the green. We're going to start with the green, yeah. I think. We've, we've only done this on special occasions. But uh, it feels like a special enough occasion that we should flip the flip the whole uh, rules and, and put Ireland first in green because it's probably the talking point of the morning. So, I mean, what a performance yesterday. Uh, now, it was touchy at times and we got over the line. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mack Hansen, will we start there? What, what, what do you say about him? I saw him getting 10 out of 10 in some... Oof. Player ratings yesterday, which was uh, a rare thing to see. But, but um, the player ratings,
0: I think, I think we can all agree, the player ratings are now officially bullshit because they gave Caelan Doris five, even though he played uh, like twelve minutes and produced one of the greatest moments of athleticism I've ever seen in a field of play from somebody in a green jersey, like the the steal and the subsequent. Uh, it was absolutely sensational. So uh, I'm I'm out on player ratings. If someone isn't on long enough. For that, and they I, it just no. You give my you Hansen a Hanson mark out ten then, in your opinion? Uh, Hansen, Hansen, I, I don't know. Uh, Hansen's a nine or, a, or an eight, I think. But to give Caitlin well, he's, he's more than five, He's
2: more than an eight, isn't he? Well, I, I don't know. It um, was near perfection.
0: He actually wasn't. Nathan Johns in the Irish Times is pointing out that he he lost the ball at several different occasions. But it like that's near just, perfection. It's high risk, you know. Um, and I mean, I think Van der Fleer, is, is that not a 10 for Van Der Flaers? It's like, I'm going to throw the ball in now and I'm also going to still be the number seven and I'm also going to then be the hooker at the back of the mall whenever, I, like, because I've thrown it. I that was like, that was nervous. Right? They, were, they were pretty good. Also, Jefferson Gibson Park, it turns
2: out, yeah. very, 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 very important. To Brought the team. a bit of control to the whole thing, didn't he, when he came on? Like, Conor Murray did brilliantly yesterday. Um, but then when you see Gibson Park coming off the bench, you're like, okay, this is, this is good. We I have some strength in depth. I, I, I have to say, I think that the single most important thing in all of this is Andy Farrell. Like So, the
0: players are great and the depth is great, but I don't know if you noticed during the week, and we're going to talk about this with Quinny. Uh, we've talked before on the show about um, Ireland got beaten by Scotland. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, Scotland scored two tries in the first 15 minutes, and then afterwards it emerged that we'd been late. The bus had been late. There hadn't been the right police escort or something. And Joe Schmidt made a big deal of this in the aftermath, you know, and it was like, you know, and in fairness, he got his revenge in the World Cup when his Ireland team smacked Scotland down. and I'd say he used that. As part of it, But this week, Andy Farrell spoke about, oh, there was one time our bus got delayed when I was a player and we got changed on the bus and we got warmed up on the bus and we came out and we crushed a great Leeds team because we just took it, you know, we, we took it on the chin. We were prepared for all eventualities and we actually, we welcome that. And all along, anytime one of our players got injured, like, yeah, oh, great, somebody else got to get a chance. Mm-hmm. We thrive in adversity, we enjoy adversity. And then in the midst of like, everybody's like, <sighs> collapsed. Andy Farrell's like, this is, this is what we've trained for. This is it. This is your mom at Stein. Keane yeah. Healy, you get in there and you be a hooker. Now there's a there's a stroke of genius there in like which Bernard Jackman was the only person for who I first saw explain exactly what was happening. We'll get into that a little bit later on. But I just think Andy Farrell is a, a you know, he's approaching levels of I agree with you, yeah. emotional intelligence, yeah. uh, tactical and technical planning an ability to take in legends of the game as part of his backroom team and feel emboldened by the fact that he's leaning on them as opposed to and that they're getting credit. He's not feeling in any way diminished by that. He's not protective. Yeah. I just think that um Andy Farrell these, this is Andy Farrell's win as much as anything that's ever happened in Irish rugby has ever been associated with one individual. Like the team was excellent. Yeah. But it's it's him. Yeah, I think he's hugely impressive, yeah. Every interview that
1: he does, yeah. Kind of embr- embraces it, you know. All the pressure, like you're talking, it kind of turns it around. We spoke about it before, Sean. I think didn't we? Like, you know, no, no. no negatives there was so, yeah. always a positive spin. Like, you know what I mean? Are we setting targets? You know, setting, um, yeah, targets for the players and stuff. Yeah, it's great.
2: It's great to see control the controllables, and then when the uncontrollables happen, control them too. That seems to be the the attitude he has. Nothing li- like they were talking about his, his halftime team talk yesterday. Speech was apparently very uh, inspiring. Um, but like they were disjointed second half and then you're seeing so many players out of position and you're thinking, this is, it, this is adversity. This is a game against Scotland where you have to win to keep the Grand Slam hopes alive and they just rose to the occasion. Even Jack Conan, Jack Conan didn't expect to be playing for that long and he did brilliantly. Scores his try as well. Um, there's just so many moments in that, in that second half where you're thinking, right, this, this is brilliant. This is in Murrayfield as well. I mean, you're shutting up the crowd. And by the way, the weekend started with a, an 82 points to 7 trouncing by the under-20s. Uh, on Friday night in Scottstown, and that was that was a sign that everything all is good in Irish rugby at the moment. I was reading the Scotsman paper this morning. Their review of the match, and they're like, clearly there are some things in in the Scottish underage systems that we aren't doing that the Irish are. Um, so for that to be transferred then to the to the senior pitch at Murrayfield at the weekend was. It was fantastic. So
1: what is that, Shane, in terms of the underage talent? Is that terms of a bit of everything like the talent pool is there? There's a quality of uh, coaching, that environment thing, the whole thing from the top down, from the manager we've been talking about there. Does his influence extend his tentacles down into the 20s and
0: beyond? Uh, that's a very complicated question. It's a bit of everything, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think primarily it's resource. There are almost endless resources in the schools where these players are part-time students and part-time rugby players mm. from the time that they're in school yeah. and that's producing players who are ready to step up to the Leinster Academy and the Munster Academy yeah. and then when they play for Ireland at under twenty level, they've had like a long period where they've Rounding, been, yeah, yeah, they've been conditioned to as professionals yeah. almost. to have been, yeah. Uh, you'd have to say your style, right. of, and the style of play is like very progressive, and mm. so it's it's capable of dealing with whatever the opposition are throwing at you. So it's not like we have one specific style of play and we're only ever able to do that. So it's look, it's definitely multifactorial. You would say, yeah. but, but the money, t- the money that is available, because oh, I mean. the IRF, you don't have to spend that money. The Leinster branch don't have to spend the money. It's schools that are spending the money, and so there's full-time coaches in the schools at a level that um, is uh, unusual. Certainly, it's not replicated in many other sports. You know,
2: like by the way, like it was eighty-two-seven, but it could have been it could have been triple figures, and, and Scotland probably deserved credit in the second half for for not allowing it to get completely out of hand. Although it was fairly out of hand. Like I was down at the IRFU High Performance Centre in Abbottstown recently enough for a uh, there was a press conference with Jack Conan and Simon Easterby, and like that morning the 20s have played the seniors in a fairly no-holds-barred match and they, they seem to do that reasonably regularly during the six nations that they kind of give the 20s an opportunity to test themselves against the senior team i presume scotland do that as well but i mean i'm sure even like in soccer level under 21s play the seniors you'd imagine fairly yeah. regularly so it's, even
1: a club even at club football I, I remember being in like in the reserves or the you you know round the u team and you'd step up the First they managed to call the kids over for 11 v 11, as it would. They'd want to set up tactics. They'd need 11 bodies. And you go up there and be pretty intense. Maybe 15, 20 minutes you'd kind of go at it. But great, great experience, you know, for that small amount of time you're on the pitch with the with the senior pros. Was that
0: up against Vinnie Jones and
1: and <laughs> <fashioning>. <laughs> And no, 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 I was in my twenties by then to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just think it's great just to come up against them and just see how the opera how they kinda carry themselves and see the level where you need to to be, the kind of strides you need to make, all of that type of thing. You know, I know it's only a small thing, but yeah, I've watched a bit of the under twenties didn't see a Friday night now, the other twenties game, but I've watched a couple of them previously, I've really enjoyed it. Mm. And I'm almost to the point where you're like, Whoa, you're looking out for it, the under twenties game, like, you know what I mean? Generally, traditionally, you kind to stumble upon that type of game. would Yeah, you? yeah. Wouldn't be too much. Well,
0: there's there. a Grand Slam decider for them now as well on, yeah. on uh, Friday night, so no doubt that'll be. Uh,
2: I that's already sold out. I think it's sold out weeks ago. Yeah, um, to win a second Grand Slam in a row, by the way, as well, which would be seriously impressive. Um, many
1: players. Who many we lost? We lost a few players. I was running around yesterday during the game. Yesterday afternoon, I only caught a bit of the game in town. I met a friend of mine. The bloody, I said it yesterday. The Man United game was on one big screen. The rugby. Was on there a lot of hair behind me? He really shouted, so it was all a bit of madness in there. Couldn't quite focus on either game. To be honest with you,
0: I think it's still to be decided exactly in the immediate aftermath. Andy Farrell came out and gave like a a, a list of everything. Ronan Callagher, it looks like, is gone. He seems to have suffered a recurrence of the injury that kept him out for a fairly significant portion of time. So that would be very worried about that. Um, obviously, there's no prospect of Gary Ringrose. Um, returning next week so we're still waiting properly for an update on him he said Doris probably would be okay to play but again that's in the immediate aftermath you've got to wait until today to see how sore he is Um, there was already a cast on Ian Henderson's arm so he's definitely gone that was a broken wrist and then there was a couple of others after that uh, who I wasn't sure about uh, but
1: would you really, are you really kind of I mean it, it was a prior to the Welsh game was the first game of this, this thing in terms of where, I wouldn't say dropping like flies but there's a few key pull outs there wasn't leading up and a bit like you're saying about Farrell no problem
2: yeah, not an issue yeah. it's perfect prep for a World it Cup seamless, you, you, need, it? you need these things to happen like nothing's going to go well nothing's going to go perfectly sorry in a World Cup I think the team who gets the most luck with the
0: injuries in the World Cup is the team who is left standing at mm. the end largely like if you end up with you know Two thirds of your first team still available for a World Cup semi-final, quarter-final, final, then you're probably going to be okay. Whereas, you know, if you get unlucky and five players go down in one game, and there's already two or three missing, then you're you're probably screwed. So, I, I think so. In the green, Ireland, yeah, hundred percent. I'm sorry, Robbie Henshaw returning as well. Robbie Henshaw, massive, yeah, massive. So, and they're going to absolutely need Robbie Henshaw on next week because um,
2: Gary Ringrose is gone, obviously. It was a horrific-looking injury that Guy Ringo suffered. So, um. Johnny Sexton gets to the equal Rogers points record. There he is holding the uh, the centenary quiche. Do any of you know what a quiche is? I'll, is that uh, something about Hardy Potter? Quich. That's quidditch. Quich. <laughs> Close enough, though, Kenny. Um, I, I like your your method of thinking. It's actually a, an ancient Gaelic drinking vessel in Scotland with two handles that they apparently hand to the, the winner of the Ireland-Scotland Six Nations match every year. I mean, that had oh. that had completely passed me by. But uh, Sexton looked <laughs> delighted to pick up the centenary quiche yesterday. So, uh, yeah, Ireland in the green, I think, well deserved. So keep the comments on that uh, win coming coming in. Uh, also in the green, France. Now, I'm just quite glad that we're not playing France next weekend and that it's England we're not, we're, we're playing uh, in Dublin. But uh, France hadn't won in the Six Nations at Twickenham since 2005, and they kind of showed how why and how they're number two in the world. A uh, bit of a demolition job on uh, England, 24 point lead at the break, and they, and they run out very very comfortable with winners in the end. Antoine Dupont. Uh, Matt Dawson on BBC Radio 5 Live comparing him to um, Messi, Ronaldo, Zidane, and the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yesterday, so that's not a bad comparison. It uh, kind of sums up how well Antoine Dupont played in that game against uh, France or against England. England just weren't at the races. Um, like Mark, the Marcus Smith risk at, at fly half just didn't seem to work. Uh, conditions weren't great, but 53 points to 10 bit of an embarrassment for Steve Borthwick and his England players where do you stand uh,
0: Kenny on, on teams coming out and apologising to the fans afterwards what's your take on because uh, they've come out and they've apologised to the the I mean tickets at Twickenham they ain't cheap mm. they're like they, the 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 point was that they got so high that people were like complaining about the cost of tickets now there will be crowds in England you you know traditionally they just they paid the money to go to HQ and yeah. think they're swing lows and uh, they were all happy enough with it but uh yeah cringe. To to your question,
1: yeah, I cringe a little bit to be honest with you, um players and management, to be honest with you, I can understand it it's an easy one, gets you a little bit of credit, I think with the with the fans, you know what I mean, but uh no, i I do cringe fair enough, come out, look that was unacceptable, and make sure that kind of never happens again. We're gonna you know knuckle down and you know you know some some harsh words will be spoken, and we're that's supporters unacceptable. Too. yeah, that's unacceptable, we understand I understand all that, but yeah. That kind of that kind of throwaway, when it comes on, on half of the players, we just like to. Oh, I'm cringing before I even hear the words, and I've I've given some abject individual performances like over the, over the years when I played. But yeah, I could never quite bring myself to. Yeah, because it's not you're going out there with the best of intentions, aren't you? And and, and whatever you've prepared as best you can, and for every reason. You know it doesn't happen. You know you lose confidence during the game, and you know disillusionment, disappointment, all those things kind of set in and affect performance. But it's never kind of a conscious thing, Jared, isn't it? In terms of you know that type of performance, which we've all put in, like individually at times. Yeah, I mean you're you're beating yourself up. You're, you know, you feel as if you've let everybody down, but.
0: Yeah, I, it always feels a little bit like um, I apologise if I've offended you. Do you know it's like yeah. uh, it's not it's yeah, not real. Well,
2: exactly. it no happened yeah. on Friday night at Talca Park. Shell's nil, Shamrock Rovers nil, and Graham Burke was involved in a bit of a um, tense exchange with some Rovers fans after the match behind the goal. A few words were exchanged, and some of the Rovers fans were letting him and his teammates know how they felt about the the performance, the result I so mean, far this season. So Rovers, Rovers fans have had like a pretty unbridled well, period of success. Yeah, do you, know? you get greedy then? Like, are, uh, like. You're so used to winning that you can't take not winning. Maybe.
0: Uh, look, if something got said in the heat of the moment that you're apologising for, that's different. Yeah. Uh, so I, I didn't. I didn't see the Graham Burke incident. I don't know what the outcome of it is. Mm. Um, and like, it's okay for fans to have expectations, but like, I don't know. This whole England coming out and uh, apologising. Like,
1: Sorry, Jay. I was going to reference the kind of yeah. Just thought of it. The like United Liverpool thing, wasn't it? There was a little bit of a commotion after it was kind of Varane, wasn't it, yeah. on the pitch? Like made a big. You weren't hit. having this last week. You need. Yeah, we mentioned it was a last. Yeah, we were in here, weren't we? And even that for me, it's a little bit like yours. I'm sorry if I'm a fan. You know, dragging the lads. That so you need to go out and acknowledge and clap the the fans. But it, you know, it, internally, you're like you know, you're devastated. You're you're embarrassed by the performance and all. So not going out and clapping the fans. You know what I mean? You know, someone who goes out and kind of claps the fans. Or fair play to him, as opposed to the one who's totally devastated in the dressing room, like totally embarrassed, fields, like uh, you know that type of thing as well. You yeah, know, it's not a little bit show. It's yeah, show a little bit. You know what I mean? That yeah. type of thing.
0: I'd, I'd prefer them to have played better during the game than now be like the ones who are um, rushing to have the Instagram post going. Oh, sorry about that. We didn't quite fulfil our potential today, but we will be back, and other such positive aphorisms. Love, I never used to, laugh, to be honest laugh, with love, you I've,
1: I laugh. never remember clapping at any time and coming off the football pitch very rarely you probably <laughs> prove me wrong now I can Google or YouTube or whatever but yeah for that reason like you know that, I never wanted that in my head when you were a
2: captain though it's was it was different was it different did Trudy you glance like, down would you have clapped coming off different times
1: Kenny I was in those crowds no, I, don't rem- I don't remember no. it. I've, got to, no, I've got to be honest with you I, on, only because of that you start clapping and then suddenly the f- week after it's like oh he hasn't gone and clapped well, that's a new, Penny, I, was, I right. was a little clap kid in blood. those
2: crowds. I was a little kid in those crowds who, who went there, drove down from Monodle. that one in a few times, Jay. He's thrown it out. All the way that to the match. And you won't, even, you won't even clap us for coming down all, and paying for the tickets. Yeah. My dad worked hard for those tickets. You know? Show. Show, Jay. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Uh, Fergus Kiosk says, so annoying. We'll soon be expecting people to apologise for not
2: apologising. Uh, this is true. <laughs> it's just the world we live in, isn't it? Yeah,
1: and we haven't even spoken about Gaelynnga.
2: Exactly. We will get to that. We'll move on because there's some interesting stuff to come in the performance rankings. But uh, in the amber, we'll briefly touch on Manchester United because um, I mean they're now eight points ahead of Liverpool rather than seven at the start of the weekend. But when you're home to the bottom team in the Premier League and uh, you only come away with a point, it's a disappointment, isn't it? Really? Um, it wasn't a great. It, 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 look, it was actually a decent nil-nil. Um, the positive probably com- coming out of it was Gavin Bazuna's performance. He was brilliant. Um, arguably man of the match for me he kept out uh, Bruno Fernandes in the second half with a lovely save to his bottom left knocked it off the post and went out for a corner uh, stopped Varane in the first half at one point as well Rashford uh, early on too so uh, Gavin Buzini's performance would really give you confidence heading into that France game uh, but from Manchester United's perspective the Casemiro red card I think was the was the game changer he now gets a four game ban from domestic action as well because it's his second red card in, uh, in, in recent uh, month or two so, uh, I don't know what you've made of the incident, but um, Ten Hag not happy whatsoever. With what do, do you mean, what him? do we make of the incident? Of the nailed on, most nailed on red card of all time? Gonna it the most nailed on red card of all oh, time. Oh,
0: you're allowed to break people's chins now, are you? He not totally legitimate. But he didn't do that. No, I mean, it's a complete breaker of a tackle. The, so you're not, you're not legitimately sitting here as a Man United fan saying
2: he shouldn't have been sent off. Anthony Taylor gave a yellow card at first glance. That was that was the referee's on-field decision. Yeah, and then the VAR go maybe yeah have a look at that. Yeah. And then he gives. We think co- we think that's
0: one of the most egregious screw ups no. that we've seen from a referee so far. You're going to have to go back and give him a red there, man, because that's idiotic. Some of the tackles in the Chelsea game, the oh, really what a battery, worse. what one a worse. battery, yeah, what a battery. Come on, like, but was it was it not a red? Are you honestly saying that wasn't a red? Uh, I, I think a yellow would have been would have been fair. Would have been ridiculous. Honestly, it's over the top of the ball. He's over the top of the ball, and so how? Well, he gets the ball and then comes over the top of it. Yeah, because and, and clearly he's tackled the ball at the top. Look, it, my look, it, a circular, a circular, round thing. If you kick it at the top, you're gonna go, you're gonna springboard like a trampoline. He trampolines
2: off the football into the shit of the player. Look, it wasn't, and you're thing. like, oh, he got the ball. Five, yeah, 500 did, games did. in La Liga and Casemiro never gets a, a straight red card and all of a sudden he gets he's, he's two red cards is in the he, Premier is League Is he phoning it in? Is that your implication? No, I don't think so I think maybe the Premier League officiating is different to La Liga He's, he's, he's not, a dirty, he, he's not th- th- a dirty player generally
1: Yeah, I think what he'll find on the Premiership quick, slightly quicker nature uh, of the football over here And as good a player that he is, there's a small uh, weakness in Casemiro's game is his lack of athleticism in terms of being able to get around the pitch. Mm. And I think in certain games, he's not going to dominate possession at Manchester United as he did at Real Madrid team. So defensively, he's going to be exposed a little bit more. And we've seen the qualities which he has but at times he's got to get found out a little bit in terms of being able to cover the ground uh, quickly and what you're going to find with him. You will find those kind of bit of a lunge lunging tackles with him mm. for that reason because he's not, he's not the greatest athlete in the world and his reading of the game is great. His timing generally of the tackles is very good, a bit like Fabina, but it has to be because he hasn't got the ability really to uh, cover the ground, plant his feet and really heading the opposite direction. So it's a little bit all or nothing with him for me at times in terms of his tackling.
0: I think too you have to bear in mind that with Cruz and Modric, it's like genuinely world-class players that he's playing with all the time. That's not the case at Manchester United until they sign players of a similar standard. And so uh, he's doing more work. He's, 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 he's being asked to do more and there's going to be instances like this.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Defensively, he's going to be kind of more exposed. And by and large, I think he's done really well. But uh, yeah, I think that's my. wouldn't he kind of a massive weakness in his game, you know what I mean? But he hasn't got that he hasn't got that speed of foot like Kante at his best, you know what I mean? Can travel over doesn't never see Kante on his backside, yeah. you know, Jordan is great, it doesn't have to be because he knows he can get, cover the distance quick, he can plant his feet and he head in the opposite opposite direction uh, just as quick. So yeah, it's just something that he's gonna have to factor in. But I agree with you. I didn't see yesterday tackle, but so uh just saw it there this morning. Yeah, just travelling at that kind of speed you know the contact with the ball really becomes irrelevant, like you know what I mean
0: so uh it'll be interesting to see if Eric Tan Hag has the Andy Farrell approach of yeah we we welcome the adversity that we're about to face because it's a four game ban now at a key moment in their hunt for top four honours and their record without him so far this season
2: not as good as it is with him in the team wouldn't be great so you look at the games that he's missing so the FA Cup quarter final against Fulham at home next weekend and then an away tie against Newcastle home to Brentford and home to Everton so the next game he plays will be away to Forest on April 15th in the Premier League so some key games, as you say, missing for uh, for Casemiro. Uh, probably did okay to hold on and get a point United, considering they were down to 10 men. And uh, there was a bit of an onslaught from Southampton at many stages of that game in the second half as well. So.
0: Uh, can we use this as an excuse
2: to oh, so we're going to do Liverpool next, yeah? Yeah, we'll do Liverpool next. Can we'll we move on to the red. Yeah, Liverpool first. So uh, I don't know what he's made of this, lads, but um, it was just bizarre that a team could go from a 7 0 win the previous week against arch rivals to. It's about the quality of the opposition, really, isn't it? What is know, it? they bring you down to their level. Step up, really, from last week to this week, <laughs> oh. isn't that it? Shots fired, to all the United fans out there. Um, Virgil Van Dijk's performance was cat. He was brutal. Um, missed a clear cut header to, to. I mean, it was easier to score in the first half uh, for the goal for Philip Billings' tap in early on. I mean, I don't know what Van Dijk was doing. He, the defending was the, the line. The offside line was, was per for a start, and then I mean, he almost left it to uh, was it Andy Robertson at left back. He just kind of stopped moving Virgil van Dijk the, the body language was not great for, for, for centre half Kenny I mean come on I know you lads aren't the most athletic yeah, but, but that's, ha- that's happened previously with him and it's not an inability I'm talking about
1: maybe Casemiro lack a mobility you wouldn't say that with van Dijk I know people saying his injury and maybe not quite the same but still he's a pretty impressive physical specimen so yeah so what you're talking about really is, is between the years with Van Dijk and we've seen it occasionally before with him reared his head and for me it comes back to this kind of with him probably said it maybe about a year 18 months ago where the only thing he's got to be careful with is that kind of that bit of a god complex mm. which he has in terms of I'll tell you what I'm so good that I'm not really sure I really need to bother with the kind of trivial aspects of this kind of defending lack that I'm being asked, being asked to do. Uh, uh, that was the only thing I looked at and thought, that's the only thing that can maybe cost you going forward. Yeah. So I saw a little bit of that in the goal. I saw the goal again. I, was, I didn't see the game live and the goal rolled in and I actually, yeah, I was looking again thinking, oh my God, what? What's, Van do- what's going on there? Why is he stopped? Yeah, so basically, yeah, what that is, I mean, he's got himself back uh, g- g- gold side, he's the deepest defender, all he's got to do is stay in-, in contact with the Barmer play, you know, shepherd him away from goal, he's got to speed, doesn't have to uh, dive in, it's pretty basic bog-standard stuff, you know, show him on his right side uh, to the touchline, block the cross if, if-, if you can. But you're right, he's kind of... Put, it's almost as if, like, I oh, can't be bothered. He saw Robertson in his in his peripheral vision. Robertson's not in a good position. He's five yards ahead of the ball. Like, you know what I mean? But he's thought, I oh, can't be bothered. You go and deal with that. And even then, like, you know, no intensity to get back, to recover back into the penalty box, sound like that, he almost disappears out of the picture, doesn't he? <laughs> so, yeah, that's a mentality thing, Shane, isn't it? Yeah, you know what 100%. I mean?
2: It was attitude as well. Like it was, Yeah, I exactly. Don't know. The, ho- the whole thing rolled into one. Bit of complacency. And then the... Most Salah penalty, of course. That could have changed the game if that goes in. Then Liverpool probably going to win the match. But <laughs> terrible penalty, Jesus.
1: Yeah but you know I'm not even buying the terrible penalty. I was watching it from behind and it was so sweetly struck that penalty. Did you see the trajectory of it? I mean you're talking probably 2 or 3 inches when it went past. Is it possible to sweetly strike a penalty that goes wide and over? Oh, yeah the, the pureness of the strike. Yeah right. absolutely. The direction he set it out too wide obviously like you know but if you know a foot to the right and that's like mm. rattling in the stanchion stanchion in the net, but yeah, I mean, obviously, that wasn't the issue in terms of the penalty kick. I mean, the Liverpool performance, a massive drop off, but you know, that's been kind of the season, isn't it? For mm. a number of teams, to be honest with you, yeah. Tottenham and be- one, or, one or two worlders in Manchester United might, might start experiencing a bit of that over them maybe next uh, two to four weeks in Casemiro's absence. It's a fun, it's been a funny old season, yeah. To be top end,
0: that that. The top two are obviously separating themselves, and like that's only yeah. to be expected. But there was like a brief period where Manchester United might have got themselves back into the title race, and then that's just clearly not the case now. Mm, yeah. So that race for fourth, uh, Manchester United have 50 points, 26 games played. Spurs have a game played more and two points less, but they are in fourth. Uh, Newcastle have two games in hand on Spurs and are four points behind, and Liverpool have a game in hand on Spurs and are six points behind. And that's really it. In terms of who might still make fourth, but it's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, it will be because you can't hang your hat on anybody. And generally, you think the team who can put a run together, momentum, tail at back end of the season, who can find those five, six consecutive wins, it'll probably be the ones that. But you're looking at the moment, maybe nobody will. None of those teams you've mentioned there, they might just all limp towards the towards the tail end of the season. I think um, yeah, Newcastle are an interest. one, got the win yesterday. They play United. Isn't? I think it's the first game after the the international break. Mm. That's going to be a yeah. yeah that's going to be a Backing massive gear. game. I think they go to Forest next week, Newcastle. I wouldn't rule them out. I think they can kind of come again as well.
0: All right. Last one is in the in the red is the BBC. We're not going to spend too much time on this because I think everything has been said. Uh, really, I, I don't know if, uh, if there's anything more. It looks like the BBC are going to roll back. It looks like Gary Lineker is going to be back presenting match of the day's coverage of the FA Cup next weekend. It looks like they're going to make some changes to their social media rules. I like uh, Armando Iannucci was suggesting yesterday why doesn't Lineker just add uh, my? these are my views, not the views of the BBC and the BBC could apologise for overreacting and away we go. Rishi Sunak was making some kind of peaceful sounding noises about the BBC just really sort this out. You know, the important thing here is of course the, uh, the, the, uh, the central issue and he's right, the central issue is that um, anyway, Let's not get into that,
2: but... Sunak Sunak was asked, and he was on the plane heading over to San Diego to to meet with the the US President, and he was asked, like, are you going to meet with with Gary Lineker Lineker yourself? And he said, it's not about any one person, but it kind of is. Well, certainly uh,
0: the BBC made it about one person, and then uh, his colleagues uh, stepped up, and... and I think Gary Lineker
1: makes it about himself, to be honest with you, a lot of the time. I have to say that. I mean, I don't follow social uh, media, but... you know, obviously I'm made aware of the fact he's pretty pretty much got an opinion on pretty much everything that's going on well, of, it was a, of, a, of a social na- uh, nature. So I think when somebody does that for me, it gives a bit of an insight into the mentality of that particular person and their ego as well when they put themselves front and centre. So I would add that as well. I think he is entitled to his uh, opinion. I understand his issues there in terms of the impartiality of the BBC, which is a joke anyway, to be honest with you, to suggest there is some bastion of uh, impart- impartiality but uh yeah I'd reserve if anybody to have an opinion either if they're talking absolute nonsense which I think he was
0: OCB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back Neon Night Edition available now